Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello. Welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard Entertainment and its games. Unfortunately, very little is happening, so today's show will actually be about macrame. I'm sorry, that's just a joke I wanted to tell. I'm Matt, I'm the host. With me this week are two fantastic co-hosts. First up, he's salty about Void Elves, Mitch. What have you been up to this week, Mitch, as if I didn't know? You kind of just summarized it. <laughs> yeah, um, Outside of doing the Allied Races stuff and being salty about Void Elves, uh, testing out Maev on the Heroes PTR. Not, you know, not. I haven't had a chance to unlock her in the game modes because you have to play three games on the PTR. But doing the try, the like little, you know, hero try thing, uh, she is super cool. And I'm okay, really I don't want to interrupt you on that. I actually do want to hear more about it at some point. But when I said salty about Void Elves, you do still like the Void Elves, right? Like, I because I think uh, I saw no, I before. love the Void Elves. I'm salty about things tangential to them. Like okay, the I fact just, that they're not on the faction I like. Yeah. I just wanted to give you a chance to say that before we got a million angry comments going, he doesn't like Void Elves. So Yeah, yeah, that's a good clear. No, I love the Void Elves. That's I, I like them too much, perhaps. Okay, also with us this week, as she is every week, and probably will be till the end of time, the, the sun will go out and the earth will be spinning in the darkness and Anne will still be doing a podcast about World of Warcraft and other Blizzard games. Uh, Anne Stickney. Anne, what have you been up to this week? Hi. Um, besides maybe coming down with the creeping crud, thanks to many doctor's offices and or my sister. I'm not sure where I got it from. All I know is I'm coughing a lot. Yay! Um, Allied Races, been jumping into that. Uh, what else have I been doing? Boy, I couldn't tell you. It's been kind of a blur. There's hip Creatures in Animal Crossing, Pocket Camp. Oh, yeah. I saw that yesterday, but none of them actually showed up for me to visit, so I haven't actually experienced any of the hip creatures yet. Um, oh, I, I like I like the stitchy teddy bear. I'm still enjoying Pocket Camp. I mean, I know that I some too. people are probably like, oh, I'm already over it, but I'm still enjoying it just because it's cute and kind of mindless, and I like those sort of games when I just want to, like, 
take a break from thinking for a while. I'm like, I'm just going to go talk to my animal pals and find some hey, fish. I gotta say that the fact that World of Warcraft never jumped on the idea of putting out some kind of app that would allow you to do this kind of thing with your uh, battle pets has just amazed me. I'm surprised that we haven't had like pet battles, like a mobile version of pet battles, because that's one of those things that I keep saying, man, they should really jump on that. They should do that. See, Number one, um, okay, two things they should do here, right? Two things. Mobile pet battles game. And then they need to release the pet battle, the battle pets in game, as like beanie baby style plushies. Because see, both those things are cool. It's I, been I, a I while since. The... How long has it been since we've had like? You remember the beanie baby craze like way back in the nineties, right? Oh heck yes, I do. Okay, <laughs> all right. So, I mean, all of this retro stuff. It's like ooh, old is new again, or whatever. So introduce battle pets only. Do it like Beanie Baby style, where they're just like these little kind of simplistic pl- beanbag plushy whatever things. Put them out there for people to purchase for like you know. <laughs> a key warrior in chat says Anne's going to bankrupt us. Bankrupt us. Yeah, probably. You're, gonna, you're all gonna you're gonna Which, die. Yeah. You're gonna die starving. Blizzard, I expect the... like if you decide <laughs> to take this route and do this thing, like if you do do decide to license this and go with it. Please send me free plushies for the rest of my life, just as a thank you. I, I don't I even expect, want to be paid for the idea. I just like the battle I, pet plushies. I expect one of two things. Either mm-hmm. they'll do this and the funds will be able to support an actual Blizzard World, or they will build a Blizzard World and then sell them at Blizzard World. See, either one of those things would be okay it's, with me. It's great. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to jump in both. here because you guys, you guys have a lot to say, but we have... Like, <laughs> We're still so going show. off track. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> Animal so, Crossing watch. Uh, we we have a ton of news to talk about. Um, I mean, you know, if if you care about that sort of thing, and somehow I think you do because that's what this podcast is about. So, stories for today. Let's let's just say it. Um, Blizzard put the uh, they had their Q and A yesterday that they announced, but before the Q and A even happened, um, we immediately found out that Battle for Azeroth's pre pre purchases were now available. Um, we found out that because of the pre-purchases, they've now officially nailed down a honor before date for this expansion, which is September 21st. So that's the last day that you can basically say it's summer in terms of quarterly yes. stuff for, uh, for you know, financial fiscal in, quarter type stuff. and stuff like that, too. So the game will be out on or before September 21st. It should be pointed out, Legion was also on or before September 21st, and it came out the last day of August. Um which means it was 22 or so days earlier than that. That that doesn't mean that the, you know Battle for Azeroth will come out earlier. It doesn't mean it won't. We we literally know nothing further. There has been no reason to speculate any further on a date other than the fact that that they basically have now f- promised it will be out on the 21st or before that. I um, still expect July. I'm thinking. I'm still sticking with June. I am. I, I really? realize. I, that I, like I realize. Them... I'm pushing it. I would like them to put it out on September 19th for no other reason than that's my birthday and that I would was be just, cool. <laughs> I just opened up a game to see what day my birthday was on. It's a Saturday, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think mine is a Wednesday. So they well, could yeah, do we, like the 18th of September. That would be cool, too. But we now I'm know, okay with it a birthday weekend. Yeah, but whatever it is, we now know it will be this year. We know when, when it will be this year. Um, there's not going to be... We don't have to worry about it going a full year from from patch seven point three point five. Um, we it's going to be nine I'm months happy about or that. less. I like that. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, we also found out um, since we, since we're talking about Battle for Azeroth and when it's going to be released, we we now of course know the special goodies you get, the the various mounts 
uh, the 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 Tortolan pet Toddle, who is just Adorable. super freaking cute. Oh my god, this thing is cute. Um, there's I I don't know what you guys think about it. Like the, not just the date, but like you know the the whole idea of giving you the uh, Allied races for pre order. What do you what do you guys think? Uh, it's definitely gotten me back into the game. I've barely been logging on before yesterday, and. I've played more in the past 24 hours than I have in a long time outside of raiding actually. But like in terms of just playing for myself and doing whatever. Yeah, this is, it's good. I like it. And I, okay. I'm cool that it unlocked the allied races, which is great. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, we were talking about this a little bit in the pre-show, but I'm kind of obsessive about grinding out reputation and, with the addition of Paragon reputation, that really didn't help that at all because I was like, ooh, now I can continue grinding rep after I'm done grinding rep because there are mounts to get. I'm missing all, I'm missing one of those mounts, by the way. Just one. The Army I of the Light. I still one, have only one. I, there's maybe one, two. There's one Elec I have left to get, and I have all of the rest of them because I do that. Like, that's just what I do. I log on, I do some world quests, get some rep tokens, call it a day. Um, however, like, I, I don't know. Um, I appreciated that the allied races were already unlockable for me because I logged on and I was able to do everything right away. Because, again, I'm stupid obsessive when it comes to reputation. So I had all this stuff already. <laughs> I felt like... Now, I've only done two out of the four because I, vo- I did Nightborn last night and I did Void Elves last night. That, that Those were the two that I did. I'm going to do the other two tonight. So far, okay, the story's been interesting and everything, but it didn't really. It felt kind of short to me. The the Nightborn are one of the shortest. If yeah, not the shortest. like the scenario and the High stuff. Mountain are way longer. I, and I, I think well, I'm gonna do High High Mountain tonight, so I'll be able to look into it more. And the same thing with the Lightborn, I'll be able to look into it more. But for me, it just it felt like I was like, well, that didn't really take all that long at all. And then I think about it, and I'm like, well, no, because it did take me a month of however long it took for the rep grind to get, the to get that done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess I can see that because if you add that time to the scenario time, but for me, it was just like, oh, hop in, do the scenario, screenshot every last bit of quest text because I do that. I don't know why. I, I just then, do um, the same thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not the only one. That's great. Okay. Anyway. Um, so I don't, I don't mind particularly that these guys were like unlocked there. It's just, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, that was interesting. And I guess that was kind of useful to know. And it illustrated some of the stuff and the reasoning and stuff, but it felt like almost a little too cut and dry. If that makes it, any sense. It, it, you also did both of the elves, which Blizzard had to kind of shoehorn them into the the specific sides. Right. Which they don't really have to do with the Light Forged and the High Mountain Torn. No. Um, so yeah, I I think your opinion will definitely change when you do High Mountain. I have haven't done the Light Forged yet, but probably yeah. High um, Mountain's longer and the story is a lot better. For people that are wondering, you know, as far as like the Void Elves and the Nightborn, I would suggest if you are going to do those, unlock the Nightborn first, do that unlock scenario chain, and then go do the Void Elf unlock chain yep. because there's a progression there and i mean if you go and do the void elves first it actually kind of explains what's going on but you you get to see it you don't just get the explanation you get to see kind of what led up to that on the yeah. nightborn the, side of things the, uh, which the is void interesting elves work on their own 
Mm -hmm. But you have even more background if you've done the uh, Nightborn first. Yeah, and I find that kind of interesting. I like how the two are sort of interlocked together. I'm not sure how I feel yet about what factions these guys have chosen to align themselves with. Same here. Um, And again, I need to finish like the Lightforged and the High Mountain. But those two make all kinds of sense to me because it's like, oh, the Draenei are going to go with the Draenei. The High Mountain, yeah. it's like The Torrin are going to go with the Torrin, you know. I'd love to have Alliance Torin, don't get me wrong. Right. But there was no way. They're I gonna mean, go they're gonna go with their buddies. They're gonna Bain, go with their They would have had to show up and basically say something like, You're all dumb. We'll still join you. You're super dumb. Okay. <laughs> shows up drunk or... I'm babe why you do like no seriously there was no way I knew I knew where they were going that was I my my little heart was like oh but I wanted Alliance Torn but there was like come on man yeah that's not that's happening no but the Draenei I mean seriously the Lightforge Draenei like seriously would you like to join the horde they look at each other they look over at Velen is he like does he did he like was he serious when he said that? All right, come on <laughs> out, Ashton Kutcher. We're being punked. Um, how do I say this politely? Yo. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's we awesome. tried. <laughs> all right, well, see you later. <laughs> good good talking to you. It was nice to briefly work with you before becoming your enemy. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I knew those guys were going, but... Honestly, I, I I do have to parrot, and I hate that I have to parrot it because it's something Alex said. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I thought Alex it was going to be me. No, no, no. I actually agree with you more often than I do Alex publicly, although I agree more with him than I do you actually. I think that Alex also likes to disagree a lot just for the sake of keeping the conversation interesting. Because if I, everybody I th- always agreed with each other, it wouldn't really be very interesting. Anyway. I disagree. um they do exist in a way to basically because they were afraid if they just gave the alliance high elves, they wouldn't be different enough from blood elves and nobody would know what was going on. So you get void elves who are very different looking. I mean, they they look like that. You know that you can tell that they used to be blood elves, but they look different. So I, I get that, and they have a pretty cool aesthetic. I, I kind of have to give them that. I, I the hair thing, glowing tentacle can I just hair. Say for the record that I wish that the hairstyles for these races would get added to the barbershop like okay so like the, uh, yeah. the hairstyles for the void elves would get added to the blood elf table in the barbershop and then the night the nightborn like their hairstyles get added to the night elf table in the barbershop just so there's some more barbershop options and i'm not talking about like the color i'm just talking about the cut and style it would be cool there's actually I'm not I'm not going to go into details. This is data mine, but it's purely hairstyles. The Zandalar have some of the coolest hairstyles, many of which are previously only on night elves. Um, they have an awesome braid that is just you know the one that goes down your shoulder, like over right. your down your chest. Oh yeah, yeah. Zandalar have that one, which is just the coolest hairstyle. And quite frankly, now that I've seen that but they have the same them, thing, I'm like in them. I would consider the same thing applicable to like. The light forged Draenei, it would be cool if the regular Draenei had their hairstyles. You know, not, I'm not talking about the features like the glowing eyes or the horns or anything like that. I'm just talking about the way they cut their hair. Why couldn't a barber replicate that on another, you know? 
I can't do it. It's just too complicated. <laughs> the, the barbers haven't gotten business since they were implemented. They're, they're I, trying to retro. They're trying to retroactively re-engineer the way cool the hair is done. It would if they would update that thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would just. I would like them to update the barbershop. Like, give us some new well, options. Here's the thing. Like, when you go and when you go to the barbershop on your Void Elf, can you change the hairstyle? And if you do, can you change it back to a hairstyle that's only no. theirs? No. You can't. I mean, you can change your hairstyle to a different void elf hairstyle you cannot change or like with the with the um nightborn you can change your hairstyle to a different nightborn hairstyle you cannot change it to one of the already existing night elf hairstyles or anything like that okay all right that's what i was hearing it's like they have their own hair set and again see i think it would work cool the other way too if like the nightborn could use the other night elf hairstyles that are already there or like no, they're dead the void elves could use the other blood elf hairstyles that are already there yeah, just I, add some variety that's all i think there was in one of the interviews that blizzard uh did i think they mentioned something about hair colors being expanded for one of the races because i think it was like one of them is, oh, is on, it? Okay. on the beta there was a late forged Jedi that had pink hair yeah. Oh, okay. Well, and I think that people I saw it. They were like, "Oh, we too. want that." Because they, they I just, they I just remember white hair. Maybe it, maybe it will be um, for them too. But I just remember the specific discussion being about like, like, like gotcha. because I, of all people, it was Noxie actually who was talking about it because she said oh, they have pink hair, and they were like, "Oh, yeah, that's not actually going to happen." Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, and since she then, was, she had, she's wanted pink hair on Drenai for the longest, longest, longest <laughs> time. And they keep yanking it away. It's like they show it. I quite frankly, it, they I yank it away. Have, I would love it if they had more hair colors in general. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I, I've said this before. I'm going to talk about this because uh, it's not to do with Battle for Azeroth directly, but I talked about this in a breakfast topic, and uh, it's always bothered me. Humans are boring. Like they're just boring because almost everybody playing the game right now is probably human. I mean, I can't speak for sure, um, but. Most people are already human. My and origins have yet to be confirmed. Humans in WoW are boring because they all have the exact same body type anyway. Like all all male humans look the same. All female humans look the same. Uh, there's a less less than ideal range of skin tones and hair tones for that matter. So you end up with like your human mage. When Fenty Beauty has a wider shade range than your video game. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Like like for, you know we've I've made fun of this a million times. I, I think I on the the lore cast, I even called him like you know, Swolbro the Mage. Um, when your human mage literally <laughs> yes. looks like, you know, your human mage is literally just just the buffest guy ever. Like if if that dude walked into your like house in real life, you'd be like, geez, that guy's you jealous, like, bro. Yeah, that, that's what human mages are right now, and they have the Kulteris models data mined. Um, they've they've got the Kulteris male and female models. There's there's a there's a variety. There, yeah, there's actually like the Kulteris males and females have guts. They're 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 not thin people. They're they're bulky, and it's awesome. They they that's a different body type. And then there's a thin Kulterazian that they have, who's like stick thin. He's a like scrawny little guy. And I want these for humans. I want this. They don't want. I don't want this to be an allied race. I literally just want to have the option when I roll a human, to be able to pick one of these three body types. I would love it if WoW started putting body types in because they're going to put in the whole thing where your orc can stand up. They've talked about this for Battle for Azeroth. Your orc is going to be able to stand up and walk around normally instead of hunching over all the time. And I think that's great. And I want to see more variety like that. I want to see like more human models. And I really feel like this is the expansion to really work on it. For me, um, it's um, 
Frosty, you you remember? I, Mitch might be too much of a baby. I don't know, unless you went and looked all this stuff up, Mitch. But you remember the original Alpha Human models? I oh, know yeah. this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, stuff. so the original Alpha Human models, for whatever reason, to me, the Colterians that have been data mined, they look like updated versions. It looks they, like those totally old are. Alpha models got the Warlords for Draenor character yep. treatment. Yep, they totally are. Yeah, there's, there's a few slight differences, but yeah, I get what you're saying, they, and they do totally have that feel to them, which yeah. is great because those models were much more original Warcraft. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that was part of it. Like they were because you know WoW was originally tested in the Warcraft three engine, so I think part of that was why they brought them over. But it is really it is something that I would like to see. But um, since it's about time to move on to another news subject, we're going to have Anne very quickly take over and talk about something for us. Yeah, if you enjoy our show, you should consider checking out Munchpack at blizzardwatch.com slash munchpack. In, and that's M-U-N-C-H-P-A-K, for people that are wondering. Inside every Munchpack is a selection of snacks from around the world. Munchpack offers a variety of pack sizes and delivery schedules, and you can customize the types of snacks you receive with your personal tastes or dietary restrictions in mind. A few items from the sample pack we received, and when we say we, we mean Alex because I wish that I had gotten this, but I did not because it included chocolate stroop waffles, which come on. I want oh. I want doesn't that sound great? <laughs> yes. I think they lasted like three seconds in Alex's house, he said, something like that. <laughs> anyway, they so chocolate stroop waffles, mango pocky squeeze, whatever that is, yum lemoncello, chocolate almonds, and some delicious spicy crackers from Turkey. So you get a little bit of variety from all over the world, basically, in these snack boxes. Munchpack also provides gifting options for your holiday shopping needs or, you know, birthdays, or if you just want to give a friend a present. You can check them out at blizzardwatch.com slash munchpack. Again, that's M-U-N-C-H-P-A-K. And if you decide to go ahead and sign up, that does help support the show. All right. Thank you very much, Ann. Uh, I want to talk about this next one because um, Mitch mentioned it up front. Um, Heroes of the Storm got Maiev. Yes. We talked about this last week because we talked about, we were like, we were speculating last week. And then they announced yeah. it. They announced it during HGC on Friday, I believe. Um, so is she available or is she just on the PTR? She is on the PTR, but the PTR is only going to last uh, another six days, at which point not only is the Love in the Air... No, no, Lunar Festival. Alex was mad that they're not doing Love in the Air. Yeah, the they, they're, Festival, they're skipping Love is in the Air and they're doing Lunar Festival instead. Is that what's going on? That's what it seems like, unless they do Love, in the, Love is in the Air later. But this one goes from like February 6th to March 3rd or something like that. Mm. Um, so... Uh, they, yeah, so they, that's on the PTR right now, and it's going to start next Tuesday. Um, Maiev is also on the PTR and is going to be out next Tuesday. We saw her ability kit. She looks so freaking cool. And uh, like I said at the pre-show, I tried her in the try mode. I haven't, you know, done a, a match match with her, but she is a lot of fun, and I really like her kit, and it it's visually impressive, too. All right, can you give, like, a rundown on what she is? Like, is she an assassin? She, I thought this was she, she Yes, so she is an assassin, and she... She does a really good job of um, kind of preventing enemies from escaping, and she also does like one of her abilities. It's a it's a cleave, and it's <laughs> the targeting reticle is actually a moon like moon shape, so which is super cool as well. Um, it if you hit, I think it's two heroes or two or more heroes. It's either two or three or more heroes. If you hit it with that cleave, the cooldown goes down to half a second. And two, I, I believe. Okay, yeah, yeah, two two makes more sense. 
Um, the cooldown goes to half a second, which basically means you can spam it over and over. So if you have a bunch of enemies gathered up, which she can do thanks to some of her other abilities, um, you can just spam the damage. And, you know, when, when you can do that much damage that quickly, it really adds up. And the reason she's good at doing that is because one of her other abilities, it's uh, something you activate. Her next basic, like, auto attack, um, I, I think it cleaves... For sure to your primary target, possibly to heroes that are near the primary target, it puts on a tether between you and that target. And if the tether lasts two or three seconds, maybe a little long, I can't remember. It lasts a couple seconds, and if the enemies go outside of that tether range, uh, they get pulled to you. But the thing is, the tether is, you know, the, the center of that tether is you. Or the one, you know, one of the ends is, the, is you. So here's what my question was, and maybe you're about to answer it though. If you hit somebody with that tether, as my have, right, and then you yep. run back towards your team, are you going to start pulling these guys back behind you? Like, are you they... you pull them? It, it's a it's a single pull, so it's oh okay. You're not going to pull them continually, but that was yeah, that was actually where I was going to get. Okay. Um, her the ability he's ability... talking about is called Umbral Bind, by the way. Correct. Her abilities are Fan of Knives, Umbral Bind, and Spirit of Vengeance. Fan of Knives was the first one he was talking about. Yeah. Uh, so Spirit of Vengeance, it works kind of like Sylvanas's uh, Banshee Whale, or actually, it works kind of like the new Void Elf Racial. If you've seen that, um, it it basically it launches a shadow version of her forward. Um, that shadow version stops for a second or two, and then it comes back. And she can reactivate it to blink to that location. Which is, yeah, that's like the Void Which, Elf Racial. Yeah, it's, it's almost exactly like the Void Elf Racial, to be honest. Um, so what I was getting at is if you do that, you know, you activate it, do an auto attack on the enemy while you have the Umbral Bind up, then reactivate it while it's still, you know, in its stationary position, um, it will pull them to you because you, you'll Umbral Bind them, then you'll teleport, and then they'll be outside of your circle automatically, and then they pull them towards you, and it's like a half a second stun when they get pulled. Basically, so. she sounds really lethal and very good at catching heroes and keeping them yes. where people can get to them and kill them, which really, yeah. actually, that falls thematically right in with the whole um, warden. It, it does, and it also works really well thing. to counter heroes like Genji, who mm. are very popular in the meta and... Either you know very strong if he gets played, or you know first ban kind of deal. Um, so you know Genji is really mobile. So if he has an umbral uh, umbral bind on him or whatever it's called, he you know can't just zoom out of range. He'll get pulled back. And uh, her one of her ultimates is also kind of in a similar vein, in that a bunch of shadowy versions of her form a circle around her location. And this thing looks so freaking cool. Like, you definitely, even if you don't play much, you should check out the video of it because it looks awesome. Uh, after, like, a second or two, they activate. And if any hero runs into them, they are pulled into the center of that circle. Um, after that, you know, that, that particular shadow disappears, uh, which means, you know, I, like, if you get an entire team trapped inside that circle, one hero can theoretically run into a shadow 
that shadow pulls that hero in and then all the other heroes can use that shadow's location as an opening. It's basically like, um, you know, the Echo of Sylvanas counter in End Time? Yes, yes. Okay, so it's like that where you have a circle of dudes and you have to get rid of one of the dudes so you can dart out of the circle because the circle is going to constrict. Yeah? Kind of? Yes, yeah. Uh, It it doesn't... It doesn't constrict, but it'll, it'll, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it constricts. Mm Mm-mm. Yeah. It basically just says, yeah. summon eight warden avatars as a cage or a Maiev. After 1.5 seconds, enemy heroes that come in contact with an avatar consume it and are knocked to the center of the cage. Yeah, so they don't so, they don't close in on you, but if you, you know, they do form a circle around you, and if you run into it, you're pulled to the you, center. You gotta get out, basically. Yeah, and so, the, the other yeah, ultimate... You'll be, you'll be pinned there, yes. Yeah, the other ultimate, which is also fitting with Maiev, um, you kind of send a wave forward, and it... If it come when it comes in contact with the hero, that hero is marked for like eight seconds, and either when you activate it again, or if you just wait the eight seconds out, or I don't, I can't remember the times on these, um, they'll get trapped in a crystal prison, uh, which I think it also reduces their vision a bunch too. It's you know essentially picture Illidan being trapped at the end of Black Temple. It's something very similar to that in in style. Vault of the Wardens. Picture anyone in the oh, Vault of the Wardens. Yeah. Actually, that 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 is reminds that the name me. Of her it? trait. Her trait is oh. called Vault of the Wardens. Oh. And she jumps into the air and she dodges anything. Um, which... Yeah, leap into the air, become immune to all hostile effects for zero point five yep. seven five seconds. Oh my god. Which which and I tested this too. It's you don't just hop in the air and become immune to stuff. Like you hop in the air and it, it's sort of like you're walking like. Because you can move where she is while she's in the air. So, like, you know, a couple times, if anyone's played and has um, reached too far or, like, over, you know, gone a little too far and the minions died, and it's like, oh, shoot, I hear that cannon ping because you get a little warning when a cannon targets you. Um, and usually it'll it'll ping and you'll not be able to get, escape in time. With her, if you hear the ping, you can vault into the air. The first shot will miss you, and ideally, during the vault, you'll move out of range. So it's, yeah, she is super cool and super fun, and I'm very excited not only to play her because she's fun, but also to see how she shakes up the meta with, you know, some of the more mobile heroes like Genji or Illidan even. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, that looks that actually does sound interesting. I was looking at the abilities and thinking this might get me to play a little while so, just because uh, she does counter those abilities. How OP is she and how soon do you think it's going to be before she's nerfed? <laughs> that's just how these things uh, work. <laughs> that's a good question. I think she'll be. She sounds like a good Genji counter, though. So I don't know. She's they might keep her as that. Genji counter. And <laughs> well, they, did yeah. they nerf Genji? No. No, I don't think so. Maybe they just maybe the new philosophy is make an OP character and then <laughs> two weeks later release another OP character who counters the OP character. Maybe I don't, I don't know. Could work, but yeah, they're they're kind of you can tell they were targeting the meta a little bit with that one. But she looks awesome. She plays awesome, and again, you should check out her video, uh, the the spotlight because the, the spell effects, spotlight, yeah, the spell effects for her are just so good. They're they're oh. some of the better looking ones. Since we have... talked about a female character in nerfing, though, oh, uh, okay. we should talk about Overwatch because Mercy got nerfed again. again. So what's going on with Mercy? You guys both Okay, so here's the deal with Mercy. Mercy is an incredibly powerful healer with the whole resurrectability thing to the point that anybody playing competitively almost feels like they are compelled to have a Mercy. I don't know if you've been following Overwatch League at all, but usually in Overwatch League... 
any of the matches, you're going to see a Mercy. And it's because Mercy is just that good. Like, nobody wants to go with a different option. Why would you do that when you've got a Resurrect available? So people feel like they are obligated to play her. So Blizzard is... They're they're trying to pull back on how powerful that Resurrect is and how powerful her Valkyrie is so that people on the, those competitive levels don't feel like they have to play her in order to like have any kind of a competitive edge. I understand that, but for people that really enjoy playing Mercy, like people who really like that support role and like Mercy as she was, this is kind of like a womp womp bummer. Because suddenly that character that they super really like to play isn't as much fun to play anymore. It's it's also a lot of... I don't even know if whiplash is the right word. Because it's not like yeah. back and forth. It's just like constant changes. Yeah, and... there's constant changes to her. Because um, when she initially came out, it was very... You know, she had heroes never die. Woo, everybody gets resurrected. And then they were like, nope, never mind. That's too powerful. Let's dial it back. And then, whoops, nope, that's too powerful. Let's dial that back. And I don't know which iteration of dial it back we are on right now. I want to say, it's like, like four. the fourth or fifth, something like that. But the the changes that they put into place, Valkyrie, her ultimate, that now no longer makes resurrect instant. Uh, it no longer grants a bonus resurrect charge. The speed bonus Guardian Angel receives when you activate Valkyrie, it's been decreased by 50%. And the duration has been reduced from 20 seconds to 15 seconds. So they've really dialed Valkyrie back a lot. And again, like I said, as somebody who watches the Overwatch League and everything, I totally understand why they're making these changes. Because it's not much fun to watch. I mean, it is fun to watch because it's Overwatch League, but it's not fun to watch when you see the same heroes every single time. <laughs> yeah. After a while, that's going to get repetitive, and it doesn't matter how exciting the matches are, it's going to get repetitive to see the same heroes on the map all the time. So, I understand why they did it. And I and I do. Like, I get it. It's just for the people who aren't necessarily in the competitive scene and they're just playing Mercy for fun, I kind of have to feel a little bad for them because it's just like Mercy's just getting kicked over and over and over again, you know? Poor that kind of makes me want to segue uh, yeah. though, because we also had a post this week where uh, Jeff Kaplan addressed the quote-unquote one-trick problem Oh yeah, which is that in the higher levels of competitive play, if you are like, say, a the Genji main will use Genji as an example. If you play Genji and you don't want to switch to another character when your group needs, say, a Reinhardt or a Doomfist, what, you know that's there. They do see that as a problem. Okay, people are not switching. For people who don't know what a one-trick player is, a one-trick player is a player who plays one hero and will not switch to the detriment of everybody like it's the person on the Genji who says into the voice chat or whatever hey we really need a healer somebody switch to a mercy <laughs> and never for once never once suggest or even think about the fact that maybe they could be doing that like they or, don't or even worse Torbjorn mains Torbjorn mains Hanzo mains <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, so one-trick players, Blizzard doesn't necessarily have a problem with one-trick players. Like, you know, people, they they want people to be able to play what they like to play. But when you get into competitive play mode where people are being ranked on their performance um, and you run into these one-trick players in competitive mode, it means that their refusal to switch and play anything else is kind of costing the team victories and dragging everybody's ranking down. That's where it runs into an issue. 
Um, and there's there's a lot to this. It's not just a question of, yeah. well, he's selfish and he won't switch. Some people just are only good on one or two characters. They, Those are the only ones they've ever played. They're like they're a the only master. Ones they they're a master sniper, but don't ask them to do any kind of healing because they have no idea what they're doing. Like, and, yeah, and that's so okay. It, <laughs> you know, people have their strengths and weaknesses. It's just when that affects the team as a whole and the ranking that you get when you're playing at a competitive level, that's when it becomes a problem. Um, and Jeff came on to talk about it. I don't know, like, he didn't he didn't say that they've got any kind of, like, active solutions because the thing is... No. is he said how, straight up that he didn't, didn't he? Yeah. He didn't say. How do you solve something like that? It's You, you kind of have to give it a lot of thought. You can't just say, we're going to ban this one type of player. Well, no, because that's rude, and you don't really want to, you know, do that to your player base. You want people to have fun and play the game. But when it's affecting professional players or players that are playing at a really highly competitive, competitive level... You, you have to think about it and you have to think really carefully okay well how do we come up with a solution for this it is something that they're looking at like that that's one thing you know Kaplan pointed out he said it is something they're looking at and they're keeping an eye on and they're actively talking about they just don't have any immediate solutions for it right now but I'm, I am curious to know if the matchmaking like if it prioritizes know. people who use hero like if you use a healer a lot, does it kind of try to prioritize you with people who use DPS um, a lot or DPS, tanks a lot? Yeah, or if it's purely know. based on rank, because, I mean, that seems like an option, but it, it also feels like something they would have already considered. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I couldn't tell you, because um, I don't know how their ranking system works, but um, Overwatch is not without its issues. It is a really super fun game. A lot of people really, really enjoy playing it. A lot of people really enjoy playing it competitively. But once again, you kind of run into that. There's a difference between the person who comes in and plays it just to have fun and have a good time, i.e. I'm going to raise my hand here because really that's the only reason I, I play Overwatch is just I want to go in and have some fun for a little while. I'm not concerned about ranking. I'm not concerned about anything else. I just want to go beat some things up and have a good time. There's a big difference between me and between, oh, I don't know, somebody on Soul Dynasty, right? <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> they know what they're doing. <laughs> like, they look at this stuff like an analytical problem that has to be solved, and they know they know who to pick to counter what, and I couldn't tell you. I could not tell you. So there's a wide variety of players that enjoy Overwatch and the problem that Blizzard is having and needs to puzzle out is how do you keep all of these different levels of players happy and content to play the game? Like how do you how do you make sure that everybody feels included and that nobody feels like they're having a terrible time or whatever? Like you don't make somebody have a good time at the expense of giving somebody else a really bad time. Yeah. That's that balance that they're looking for. And it's kind of a constant thing. It's still a new game. So, I mean, I I, I have no doubt in my mind that they'll figure it's it out. It's just a little baby, not even two years old. Yeah, I'm sure they'll figure it out. It's just... It's... I just think it's interesting because you do have that tension between... Yeah, you do. You know, you want, you want people to be able to play it at whatever level they're going to play it at. And the needs of, say, competitive play and ranked play are not the same as the, the needs of, I'm going to just go in and have some fun with this cool game that I like. Yeah, and and you do you know, there's always that there's that same tension in every game, really. Like, there's, yeah, I was gonna say, Heroes of the Storm has you know, it's not as it's like that with Heroes. I, I mean, you think. could you could even 
like you could even kind of halfway apply it to World of Warcraft if you consider like instead of competitive players like players on a competitive level you consider high-end raiders or highly ranked PvP people well, yeah, but there's, and that's you know, highly ranked PvP people are competitive. Mm-hmm. They, they are, they are fighting other people. Yeah. There's that in WoW. There's obviously the raiding thing you just mentioned. You know, we, we've 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 experienced both levels because you and I both used to raid at a pretty high level, and nowadays we don't. Um, so we, I'm done we know with what that life. <laughs> <laughs> but that's you know that's something we that we've experienced. You, it's a different game. Yes. When you're when you're raiding professionally, like not professionally, but when you're raiding at the highest level that you can, you know, muster if you're raiding like the pushing content, that sometimes you don't even play as much. Like it's one of the things I noticed when I was when I was seriously like high, high, hardcore raiding for like what was the hardest level content at the time just before Mythic came out and even when Mythic first came out, uh, I didn't play much outside of my raid times. You log on to raid, you get done with raiding and then you're like on for maybe another half hour collecting your things, making sure everything's squared away in the bank and then you're gone yeah. until the yeah. next you, time you, you have to raid you again. You played to prepare for the raid. Right. Yeah. I if mean, like, any, back in vanilla, like that, yeah. yeah, back in vanilla, you played a lot. But the reason that well, you played a lot is because you had to gather all of the stuff to make all of the <laughs> potions and the resist gear and all that other stuff. All the stupid things that were required Everything in vanilla. Everything in the Shara, the <laughs> fire blossom or whatever it Nature was. Nature resist yeah. gear, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So, there, so there's always that struggle. I mean, every game has it. I think yeah. Overwatch is... Overwatch's runaway popularity and the fact that it's got a decent shot at actually having a real pro league kind of skews it because the needs of players at that level are even more specialized than the needs of players who are just really good on leaderboards. Like there's now an, a third level of being good at Overwatch to consider. Thaticus um, points out in the chat channel too, and I feel like we should say this because this is actually a really good point. Yeah, uh, He says, to me, the level of competitive between those games and Overwatch is different because in World of Warcraft and Heroes of the Storm, you're locked into a character. In Overwatch, it's frustrating when someone is getting destroyed on their pick, but they refuse to change. It's the fact that they can change, but they refuse to do it. And yeah, that is a big difference, and that's a good point to make about Overwatch because that's one of the things that was kind of baked into Overwatch from the onset was the fact that while you're out there and you're doing these maps and things, if you go back to your home base, you could switch heroes. You can switch in and out and in and I remember when they first announced Overwatch, they talked about that and it was a really big deal. That well, that, that was the whole that. thing is that they wanted you to adjust on the fly. But they wanted that flexibility. Yeah. yeah. And, and when people aren't participating in that whole flexible element of it, it doesn't matter as much when you're not playing at like a competitive or a ranked level. It's like, okay, well, you do you. You do what you like to do. That's fine. You're not affecting anybody. But when you're going into a situation where everybody's being ranked on performance and you're the one that's dragging people down because you refuse to do anything about that one hero that you really love to play, what can you do? What can you do? That's a question they got to answer, you know. Yeah, they get paid to answer it. Yeah. We get. We just discuss it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I guess at this point, then we should probably move on to do some emails. Real wow. quick before emails. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I know. I'm going to stop us. Someone did point out earlier, uh, you know, at the beginning of the show, kind of, um, Ian Hazacostas did mention Draenor orcs as an allied race during the Q&A yesterday. And it was, it was offhanded and it was very quick, but it caught the attention of a lot of people because... If they mentioned it at BlizzCon, it was also very brief. They did mention um, it at BlizzCon because when they announced Allied Races, they said, yeah, these are the ones that we're looking at. And then we may add more in the future, like, oh, I don't know, this or this. And I remember they said Maghar. Okay. It was yeah, one of the so ones that they talked about. 
Yeah, but it's it's worth mentioning because we're talking about allied races and the culturines and all that stuff. Like that, he he mentioned that in the Q and A, which it, it sounds like it's more than just a, a mulling it over type thing. It sounds like yeah, Draenor, which I guess Outland Maghari orcs, you know, a thing. Something Probably like getting them brown soon-ish. orcs instead or of green soon-ish. orcs. Yeah. It'd certainly be a nice thing to get some yeah. variety. And I feel like we should mention one more thing because this just came up like right as we were starting the show. Uh, everybody's got four more character slots per realm. You still have a max of 50 on your account, but four more have been added. And Yay. they came out with that fix like right when the show was starting here. So if you haven't seen it yet, and if you don't see it on your account, maybe log out of Battle.net and t- like log out of the launcher and everything, relaunch it. It'll give you a small patch, and then you should have those extra four character slots. Yeah, the patch actually ran for me while we were doing the show. Mm-hmm. I saw it. Oh. I love it so. Yeah, it's quick. It's quick. Uh, okay, so um, here's the time where we start doing emails. So I'm just going to straight up say, if you have an email for the show, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line so you know it's for this show. If you can try and keep your emails as short as possible so we can get to as many as possible, because sometimes we have pretty busy news days and we can't get to every email, but we try. Um, Ann reads them for us, so if you don't mind, Ann. I'm really upset about this first email. I'm going to answer it. Or I'm going to read it aloud here, but then, yeah. Okay, so first email is from Easy Target, who's a two-left-footed troll hunter from Oldman who says, let's just go straight to silly. What should the allied races' dances be? And why, by Sourfang's axe, why has Blizzard not had a race moonwalk? Are they just waiting for the ethereals to become playable? The dance has been around since 1983, Blizz. Get on it. Um... I would like to state for the record that I'm very annoyed with myself because while I was doing all the character customization and everything else for my Void Elf and my Nightborn yesterday, I did not think to look and see if their dance was any different. It's not. Oh, well, that's annoying. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's really sad. They don't have different <laughs> the races. The allied races don't have different dances? That Which makes... it, people were really wanting for the Void Elf. I don't know if people were really wanting it, but it's something that went around and I thought would be perfect and also very funny. Um, because the Void Elves, you know, are jokingly like the emo elves. They wanted the emo kids dance from South Park, which is essentially them shuffling their feet kind of, you know, Peanuts, Charlie Brown style and moving their head back and forth. Oh, the goth kids. The goth kids are outside. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the goth kids dance. That's what people wanted. And I think that would have been perfect for the Void Elves. It would have been so funny. (laughs) Right? Like, it's, I'm, I'm really hoping that they'll. Hands in the pockets, just shuffling in place, looking at the (laughs) ground. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's literally just, you know, uh, that's been like a million things. That's like just the, the dance of suburban kids, really. Which I I just, I really hope they come back to that um, and add dances for them because the fact that I got a Void Elf doing a Napoleon Dynamite dance. What's the Nightborn do? They do the the, uh, Night Elf dance. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is so. Yeah. Void Elves do the Blood Elf dance and Nightborn do the Night Elf dance because they essentially share the same skins. I'm going to assume the Light. I'm going to assume the Light Forged and the the Time Mountain just do theirs then. Yeah. It's peanut butter jelly time. The high mountain, even more important than this, uh, if you slash moo, they don't moo. So please <gasps> fix. Please what? fix. Yeah, please what? fix What? Blizzard. No. Honestly, I think they should do some kind of moose thing. Yeah. No, I, they need to moo. They just need to moo. That's, that's, they should be mooing. Get on that, Blizzard. Yeah. That's unacceptable. They, they could add slash moose. <laughs> I'd be happy with that. But they also need to have them moo. <laughs> yeah. We're not limited to what Blizzard has actually done, though. So let's speculate here. What you, you've listed the Void Elves. What would you give the Nightborn? What, for a dance? Yeah. 
Um, Ooh, I, I don't to, know enough dances. I have to think about that. I have to. I have to think about that. I would probably. Mm, we've got dead air. We shouldn't have dead air. That's bad. I know. Do we have but... dead air. Just because we're, we're thinking, I'm thinking but, here. Okay, well, I'm gonna say there's a dance called the Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, that's what I want for the high mountain. Okay, see now that sounds appropriate for the high mountain because Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> Bullwinkle was a moose, so you know that sounds kind of fun. Um, I like the, the idea in chat. Someone mentions Nightborn should do um, like ballet or ballroom type dancing because they're super I fancy. I like the idea of some kind of ballroom something. Um, yeah, like. Some kind of ballroom. Something. Somebody says twerking. Just... <laughs> yeah, let's, let's t- no that that'll be the high mountain. They twerk. <laughs> the high mountain they're force. twerking light, because yeah, Rocky and Bullwinkle for them, Light Forge can do the twerk. <laughs> Are you looking at my butt? Look at my butt. <laughs> Look at it twerk. But yeah, no. Thaticus, Thaticus said they could solo waltz like Reinhardt, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's what I, yeah, that would yes. actually be pretty cool. Yes. Doing some kind of like ballroom and or stately sort of dancing because they they go back to the days of highborn society when it was all ooh nobility, fancy fancy. Okay, that makes sense. Um, for the light forged, I don't know, I don't know what makes sense I'm for the light forged. I. <laughs> Now, see, you say that, you say that, but do you really want that, or would you rather have a dark iron dwarf do that? Because I'd rather have a dark iron dwarf Ooh. do that. <laughs> ah, they can get low. <laughs> I'm just. This saying. has me wondering if there's like any kind of like Tron-based dance that the Light Forge could have. I don't think there is, though. Uh, yeah, I can't really like. Oh, see, no, I would give them. Um, oh. The electric shuffle? No, I can't remember the name. It's ah, uh, uh, Rhythm Nation, the Janet Jackson dance from Rhythm Nation, the one that's like very jumpy in place and all that. Like, yeah, I would give them that. It's very military. Mili- Go look at the music video. It's very military <laughs> based, and I'm like, okay, well, the Light Forge are all from the Army of the Light, and that would fit. I'd be okay um, with that. Anna says Light Forge should dab. No, leave chat. You're also fired. No, hate, yeah, you're I hate fired. dabbing. <laughs> dabbing is dabbing is awful. Don't even. Well, we we found an unexpectedly divisive <laughs> topic. <laughs> okay, um, let's go ahead here uh, to the next email, though. And I'm I'm confused because the next email I can't tell if like all oh, of I'm this. Oh, sorry, is... those are two separate ones. Oh, okay. Any, well, the break is my fault. That's my fault from okay. Um. I'm actually going to go to the one that doesn't have uh, a name associated with it because I like this email. It says, Why are factions? I just want to play a squid face, but my sister plays a cow person. <laughs> I love this one. I like that email. I don't know who sent that in, but whoever you are, I like that's you a lot. That's all I got, so sorry. And, um, no, that's that's great. I love it. Um, why are squid face? I think... Why are they're factions? Either, they're, they're, I just want to play a squid face. Um... Do you mean like they actually have models that they data mined like a week or two ago? They share the undead male skeleton, but they are no, voidy they tentacles. Are you talking birth. about the squid face? Because the squid face is a draenei because it has little tentacles coming out of the chin. I'm talking about an even squidier face. Oh, well, this or... when they say they want to play a squid face, they're saying that they want to play a draenei, but their sister plays a tauren. Okay, well, so why are like factions, Mitch? If if you like that squid face, you should check out the recent. I like how Mitch is doggedly face. determined not to answer this okay, question. Okay, but why are why are factions, Mitch? <laughs> uh, 
be because game because game i'll allow it i i'll take that rossi what about you oh you know me i can't answer anything simply um (laughs) factions exist because the game is built around the principle of two warring opposed groups and that's the easiest way to represent that you don't get to play your squid face with your sister playing a cow person because the game doesn't want squid faces and cow people to be friends you know only if you're a cow person you can only be friends with green people um blue people who are tall uh shorter green people or dead people or sometimes sometimes bear they're not people. dead dead though they're just mostly dead which is slightly alive i would like to reiterate <laughs> there is totally a viable option you know with the the squidier faced squid facers we don't we don't care i don't know if they're i i don't know i'm just saying you know if blizzard's listening you could make this person very happy, and they could play squid face with cow person. But they don't. They don't want to play that squid face. They want to play the but tall blue you don't squid know face. That. What if they haven't seen that squid face, and they're just really about squid faces? Mitch, you're just pushing this whole thing. I feel like the, the, you're like personally the motivated here, and you're putting your personal biases into this. You're putting your personal biases in this. <laughs> Why are factions? Because way back in. Was it 94 that Orcs and yeah. Humans came out? Okay, so way back in 1994, Blizzard made a game called Orcs and Humans that was Orcs versus Humans. And everything that has come since then has been something versus something because there has well, to sorry. be conflict because it's Warcraft. Yeah. I just went and looked it up to make sure in November 1994. 94? Okay, cool. I was right. <laughs> My memory isn't that affected. Great. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> the fever hasn't kicked in yet. Uh, no, but that's pretty much the extent of it. Is just like the initial iteration of this game was built around the idea of here are the good guys, the humans, the knights and everything, and here are the bad guys, these orcs that come rampaging through this dark portal and we're going to make them smash each other's faces in because that's fun. And when Warcraft came 2 came out, it was more of the same thing. And when Warcraft 3 came out... Chris Metzig got his hands on it and all of a sudden expanded the story to something beyond the whole, oh, these orcs are going to smash the faces in of these humans. Oh, no, wait, no, they're not. The humans win this time. Yay. You know, it goes back and forth. But when World of Warcraft was formulated, it was formulated around the idea of two factions, Alliance and Horde, because that's how the game has always worked since day one. So that's why our factions. It's also kind of an MMO thing. Yeah, it it is. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, every MMO I've ever played has had two distinct yeah. sides. Oh, yeah. I mean, City of Heroes didn't really until they, yeah, had, but they, came out they with brought City in of Villains, City of Villains. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but especially for the time that WoW came out, like, that was the standard. It was the big thing. Did EverQuest uh, it, have, like, good guys and bad guys? I don't remember how EverQuest worked, because I never played it. I feel dead bad, because I never played it either, so. Oops. <laughs> That's why it's dead. Yeah. It's not entirely dead. If someone still plays EverQuest, don't get mad at me. It's mostly dead, but it's not dead. No. Yeah, like, like the Forsaken. <laughs> and on Brought that note, <laughs> let's see if we can get one more email in here. Okay. Uh, to the Blizzard Watch crew. So my sister and I, again, the sister thing. What is with the sisters being deliberately obstinate? 
I mean, I am one, so I guess I understand that to some way. Anyway, to the Blizzard Watch crew. So my sister and I were arguing about what's going to happen with Teldrassil and if it can come back by like Nordrassil. She says it can, but I think that Nordrassil was blessed by three of the aspects, but Teldrassil was only blessed by one, so it can't. What do you guys say? Asha from Ragnaros EU. So... You're off by one. Yeah, Teldrassil was actually blessed by Alexstrasza and Ysera, and that was after the whole mess with the Emerald Nightmare went down. Um, But it was not initially blessed, and it was not grown by the Aspects. It was grown by Fandral and a bunch of Druids. Um, I'm going to let you go into it, Rossi. Go for it. I mean, one of the weird things about Teldrassil isn't just that it was grown by Fandral and a bunch of Druids. It was grown with a grafting from... Xavius, the Nightmare Lord, who was in direct service to the uh, the Xavius Emerald was Nightmare. Xavius a tree at the time. Yeah, Xavius <laughs> Z- yeah, was in tree form. So yeah, um, it, it's got a very complicated origin. There was a whole lot of back and forth. In the novel Storm Rage, the Aspects, who had refused to bless it because it was just a selfish, we want our immortality back grab. And they're like, no. For one thing, we don't even have Nosdormu, so we, we don't know what he's doing. Secondly, no, we're not going to just bless the tree so you can be immortal again. That's just not how it works. We made a deal with you. The deal has been fulfilled. Uh, we're, we're, we're now done. Or rather, but, the deal hasn't been fulfilled because the whole deal was, hey, you guys protect Nordrasil and make sure nothing happens to it. And Malfurion said, okay, and then blew it up. Well, <laughs> I, no, I, I, to me, it wasn't that the deal was to protect Nordrasil. The deal was to protect the well from the Legion. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, I, that is fair. He still failed. He didn't fail. He blew up the guy and he didn't get to the well, did he? he, yeah. I, he no, but the tree's no gone. Theory, so I think yeah. he failed. I think he failed. Well, you just think he failed because you hate him. I hate him for that's, different reasons that is, now. But... That's also true. But uh, getting back to it, the the thing about Nord- uh, Teldrassil is it, it was never intended. It was never grown for the same purposes. It was effectively a, a selfish power grab. It was we want to be immortal again without any of the purpose of it. They didn't need a Teldrassil. They didn't, you know, there wasn't any purpose to it, like to protect the well of eternity or anything. It was just, we'd like to live in a really big tree and be immortal. And so the, uh, the aspects were like, no, <laughs> not how this works. We don't just hand out immortality. We're not the immortality people. Uh, you know, there's, there's a, there was a reason for that pact we made with you. And uh, that pact is done. You blew up that tree. Uh, good job, though. You saved the planet. But, you know, we're, we're not in exactly in a great place ourselves. And it would turn out. Later, that the aspects, the aspects of mortality was up for grabs, much less, you know, the night elves. So, in terms of Nordrasil coming back, I don't know. I'm Teldrassil. I don't know. Uh, I really don't. I straight up have no idea. Because do, do the blessings of the aspects continue when the aspects aren't aspects anymore? I mean, I don't know. That's the other thing is yeah. is that like at the end of Dragon Soul, we had that whole thing where it was like, okay. It's the age of mortals now. You guys go do your thing. And everybody was like, oh, look, our eyes aren't glowy anymore. And then Nosedormu was all like, oh, no, my hourglass pauldrons. And are, are the like are the blessings what makes the tree like so huge or are the blessings what add towards like immortality? They connect it to the Emerald Dream and help it foster life or whatever um yeah each one had like a specific blessing and alex straza's was that she let it grow really big really 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 super fast um okay and also it was kind of like acting to protect as a thing ysera bound it to the emerald dream nosdormu was the one who connected it and said as long as the tree stands hale and healthy you guys will live forever 
there was gotcha. like the whole immortality so clause in there. Theoretically, something could grow that big, but just not yeah. realistic well, yeah, timeline. Yeah, the the original World Tree Nordersil was actually from a I think it was either from an acorn or a, a grafting. It was from an a- it was, Yeah, it was an acorn from Gahanar. Yeah, from Gahanar the Mother Tree, which you know was a, a massive tree in the Emerald Dream. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's it's kind of like a little piece of the Emerald Dream right there on on Azeroth. Other world trees come from that tree, like uh, the one up in in Northrend, the one that died. But had there, Andrasil, Andrasil slash Vordrasil, that tree died. But there's a new tree growing inside of it, out yeah. of itself. There's a little so sprig it's... in the middle if you go down where all the bears are. Yeah, so it's possible that. After Teldrassil burns, it's possible that it could regrow, whether or not the blessing is still intact. It could just but be the grow tree. to the size it was before, or be a livable yeah. home, or anything like that. Would not happen in a real. We don't. State. We don't know. We really have no idea. So Asha, even if you take the blessings out of it, Asha. In in other words, just to answer your question here, could it? Yes. Is it going to? We don't know, but it could, because others have, and it's got nothing I, to do with the blessings. Yeah. It doesn't seem likely that Blizzard's going to. I, I can't see them bringing Teldrassil back in WoW, though. Like, I don't. If they if they bring it back, it's not going to be. Oh, hey, here's your big tree. Go build a house in it again, or anything. It's just going to be a thing on an island, or like you know, one little tree, like um, like in Valley or Vale of the. Oh whatever, my gosh! Vale of, Vale of Eternal Blossoms. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. For for all we know, <laughs> at the end of uh, Battle for Azeroth. The night elves are going to plant a seed inside like what's left of Lordaeron, and a gigantic tree is going to grow up and rip all of that right out of the ground, and you'll have a new happy tree in, uh, in <laughs> Lordaeron. A happy little tree, right? Meanwhile, right the, the, undead the, Fors- the Forsaken will all be living in the skeletal corpse of the dead tree that they burned down. You know, oh, that, I should be okay with that. That's For, not that's a happy we... tree. That's an unhappy tree. Yeah. We don't that's know. An undead have... tree. We don't know what they're going to do. We have no idea what the story is going to be, uh, which is in its own way kind of interesting. I'm hoping we'll find out real quick, though. That'd Yay. On that note, that wraps us up for emails, so we should probably wrap up the show here. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And again, if you're interested, you should check out Munchpack at blizzardwatch.com slash munchpack. That's M-U-N-C-H-P-A-K. You'll get a variety of different snacks from around the world that you can keep for yourself or gift to a friend, depending on what you want to do. And you help support the show. Thanks. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, again, if you have an email for the show, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Subject line podcast at blizzardwatch, so we know it's for this show. Thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast, and we'll be here next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.